0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning in to this video. My name is James Porcelli, and welcome to episode number 35 of Ruthless Talk. My co-host Brian Thomas is unavailable for this episode for today, but I did not come alone because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest. This is the Another podcaster, I should say, of his own. He is a big time sports fan, covers baseball, football, basketball, you name it. He pretty much covers it all. Um, He is the founder of Top Bunk Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. uh, David Badia. David,
1: what's up, man? Welcome to the show. How are you? First and foremost, appreciate you uh, having me on. Uh, been tuning in uh, since we first met. It's been about—I think I met you what? It's been about a month or two since yeah, we about
0: a month or two. Yeah, yeah somewhere around mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah. Joined the uh, wrestling space, and uh, ever since mm-hmm. then uh, we we've, we've known each other for for a good amount of time. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Um, can't wait. Uh, it's WrestleMania season, so you know all the buzz is going around about it. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm, it's, I can't wait. But I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, of
0: course, man. And I appreciate you, you know, taking the time, you know, out of your busy schedule to be on here. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you for that. So why don't you go ahead, uh, Top, and why don't you go ahead and introduce the Ruthless Talk community a little bit about yourself before we get into some things that we want to cover in this cold open. Of course, today we are talking about SmackDown that happened. Uh, last night, of course, like you mentioned, we're a week away from mania. There's a lots to cover. There's a lots to talk about. But real quick, man, David, you know uh, you know the floor is yours, man. Introduce yourself to the uh, to the audience and just a little bit about your podcast and about
1: yourself. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, obviously, my name is David, um, and I've been very in tune with sports since I since I was a little kid. Um, it mostly started with baseball, and then as I got older, I was into basketball um, and wrestling. Kind of fell in within right then and there uh picked it up from my uncle and my cousins who were very big fans of wb uh really got in tune i grew up with the likes of you know john cena john cena is is my how do you say it? like the rock Hulk hogan of my era uh so i was very in tune with it at a very young age uh and i was in tune to other sports as well as i got older uh it started with basketball after that then it started with football And, you know, as you grow in our generation, you know, social media started to get bigger and bigger as, you know, the years started going. And podcasts was very, you know, was growing little by little. You had iPhones where you were able to really record your stuff. You didn't really need computers like that. Uh, So as you start to utilize those stuff, I started to, you know, think like, Yo, now I can actually do this. Like I can actually have my own platform, like you do, and have guests and really cover the content that I want. Nobody's kind of giving me a structure of what I have to do. I'm my own boss. I'm I'm my own brand. Uh, so that's really what it was. And uh, you know, I've I've always had a passion to play this the sport. But once, you know, you kind of get into a thing where, you know, you really can't play it that much and you can't play it at a professional level. There's other ways that you can still be involved in in the sports and in the game, uh, even if you can't physically play it. And I've always been intrigued and in commentating and always uh, giving my takes, just watching baseball, commentating and basketball, commentating, stuff like that. Um, and just learning from other guys that have their own shows, uh, like a first take or undisputed. So you know, I've I've always been intrigued in having my own platform, and I started this platform about a, about I'll say like three four years ago. It wasn't even a top bunk sports; it was just a regular top bunk uh, podcast where my uncle kind of started it, and we were kind of like an original podcast where we would talk about the daily you know stuff in life, uh, kind of make like jokes about it, like it's like a comedic type of podcast. And then it got to a thing where you know I took it as a, I I want to take this serious as like a business type of thing. And uh, I wanted to do like a keep the top bunks, you know, brand open and kind of make it a global thing uh, and involve sports with it. So once I I took it upon myself to have my own thing with under the top bunk brand uh, and do sports, once me and my uncle couldn't really continue with the, you know, the community the our original podcast because of of personal things, uh, I decided to take over the actual brand and just, you know, focus it on the top bunk sports. Um, It's under top bunk studios. So it could be from my podcast. And then eventually if I can expand to have other people come on and have their thing and just, you know, under the top bunk studio brand, that's exactly what I'm I'm doing. But, you know, I I try, I try to vary from many different sports, basketball, baseball, football, Uh, next year, to start next year off and kind of expand, I want to do uh eventually get into wrestling, uh college sports, which is college football, basketball, baseball, and just really expand myself like hockey as well. I'm doing hockey next year. And the reason I'm taking those to next year is because I want to start fresh. You know, right now we're in the middle of those of, of those where they're getting into the playoffs. I want to start in a whole new season just to give a whole new like, you know, branch that to those seasons and that kind of go on and beyond so it's just you know I'm a one-man show I really don't have no help so those clips that you see me post and all the information that you see on Twitter whether it's whatever sports I cover that's all me like I don't have people that that do it you know that work under the brand and really post eventually that's the goal is to have us each person under each sport kind of post their own thing and under the brand and really turn it into like an actual global, you know, brand and turn it into a business and really just, you know, become my own thing and have that outlet So where if there's not an ESPN available at the moment or a Fox sports available at the moment where they want to look at a certain specific particular topic uh, they can tune into top one sports and be like, Oh shoot, look, they just posted this. And if they, don't feel like topping sports is a, is a a number one outlet they can go check those other outlets as well just to make sure that what i posted uh was legit so you know i it, it varies it varies from a lot of different things but yeah that's main, that's mainly what it, what the whole thing came about nice man now i appreciate you sharing that a lot
0: it's funny you mentioned about you trying to stay connected into into the game and everything i kind of do the same way with With my other job as a baseball coach, you know, I was fortunate enough to play college and play at somewhat of a high level. But of course, you know, like you mentioned, you know, there's times where, you know, we have to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, you can only play this game or a certain whether it's basketball, you know, football, baseball, you name it. Right. Until, you know, we got to hang it up. But fortunately for me, I'm able to as a coach. Um, you know, continue to give back to the younger generation of players and help them maybe play one day as well, collegiate, maybe pro. So, uh, so I I love that, man. I absolutely love it. And guys, make sure to also uh, follow um, Top Bunk on Twitter as well on Instagram. Like I said, he does a tremendous job. Like I said, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, you name it, he covers it. Um, And like he's, he's also mentioned, he's a one man show. So please show him some love, hit uh, follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram and everything. Um, I'll put um his Twitter and his Instagram both on my Instagram story um and our Facebook group that we also have as that's what's uh, some of our uh, our some of our followers and our listeners are mainly on that Facebook group. So I'll go ahead and post uh his uh Twitter handle and his Instagram handle there. But appreciate you uh top for sharing that story. As uh like I said, we're 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 happy to have you, man, and we're and we're ready to get this get this thing started. So before we get into SmackDown, you know, and Todd, we also talked about this a little bit. Um, on Twitter, um, just uh, earlier the last few days about this CM Punk situation. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, you know CM Punk has pretty much put AEW and Tony Khan on blast, um, and and it's pretty and it's gotten to the point where it has gotten pretty pretty crazy. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, well, it kind of all started uh, pretty much from this past AEW Dynamite, where the whole ambulance scene where the the young bucks are getting sent into the ambulance and if you notice you know and i had to watch this for another two to three more times where in the back there's like the production truck of all the faces of the different superstars you have jade cargill you know um hangman and others right and then in the background you can see cm punk's face and it's pretty much covered up like it's clear as day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's covered up with like with uh um with like just billboards and everything in front of that truck so pretty much it was put there clear as day by the elite because i mean we all know this by now the elite omega cm punk they can't stand one another in real life i mean it's pretty obvious at this point the beef is um, there there's nothing scripted it, it's there it, it, yeah exactly so yeah. but here's the thing too and then that's when cm punk gets onto his instagram story now and that's funny and, and i know you mentioned this to uh david on our uh, on our twitter chat that we have um and you mentioned this about you know i'm waiting for punk to say that he's hacked <laughs> on his instagram because i first yeah. thought that, that was the case i'm like this dude i'm waiting for this dude to say he's hacked oh i'm sorry guys like and he's first of all he hasn't mentioned anything like that which is weird so i'm thinking that this was all cm punk from him and we've always known this too about punk as well david is that he's always very genuine about what he says he's always he always stands by what he says he always stands up to what he says and that's i guess the reason why we've always liked cm punk you know he does he's not afraid he doesn't really kiss ass he's not afraid to stand up to to certain authority. so i guess that's the main reason why we always love cm punk but i'm gonna um, show you guys or have you guys listen to what cm punk has had to say um this was his instagram story and i quote he says sigh I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. They plan the plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley Rocky's 3 idea. I explained how I never seen a Rocky movie. First off, th- th- this is the biggest controversy of all David. My man CM Punk has never watched a Rocky movie. Like where is the, this dude? I mean, <laughs> you, you're I mean, talk about living under a rock—no n- pun intended. But Dan, like this dude has never put on some earbuds, went into the gym, and just blasted Rocky music in his. Like that—that's the first controversial freaking thing I had to put out. But anyway, um, so yeah, so he goes on to say, yeah, "Listen, I've never seen the Rocky Three movie," and he says, "I always and I thought the idea sucked." So he's pretty much going on blast and blasting Moxley for his idea and how much it sucked. Um. He's like, but listen, if the boss wanted to do it, then whatever. And he says, he would, he said, but he said, like, I wouldn't lose to him, where I said that I wouldn't lose to him. So he's stating that he does not want to lose to Moxie. He's like, listen, I'll do this, but I'm not losing to you. Right. And he says, I never experienced someone who refused to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. And he said, yes. And I said, okay, but I needed to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash. So I didn't need to be cleared. Keep that in mind, guys, about that quote. You know, my heart is, my health is the most important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There was plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. Damn. (laughs) I mean, mean, guys, I mean, CM Punk has legit pretty much... In a, make a long story short you know pretty much exposing tony khan for running a sloppy shop which is t- having punk go out there and wrestle when he's not clear now here now listen The here's the thing too as well david i'm not taking sides here i'm just going off of what what i'm seeing here on paper and if that's really the case like that's a really bad look for tony khan and AEW. i mean to have somebody go out there and wrestle When you're not cleared, I I mean, and listen, I know like Punk is technically still with the company, but after this, you got to think like he's he's pretty much done. And I think he's honestly pretty much done with professional wrestling as a whole. Um, And, you know, and he mentions Dave Meltzer, and that was pretty much uh, a quote from Dave Meltzer saying, like, you know, kind of, you know, how Punk agreed to the terms and how, you know, Tony had to put his foot down and everything and pretty much kind of just blurring some lines here is what Punk was. It was pretty much trying to prove. Um, in this um, in this Instagram story or in this statement, you know, Dave Meltzer's a liar. He, he puts Jericho on blast, which I also think is hysterical. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, you, I mean, it's and it's funny too because then you know, David, and I'm going to get to your thoughts as well, David, in just a second here. Mm-hmm. You, know, you also hear these AEW fans, oh, CM Punk, AEW is better when CM Punk is there, or the ratings and the numbers are better with CM Punk. First of all, and that couldn't be the most absolute bullshit statement i've ever heard in my life the the ratings and the numbers and aew was never any much better than when he was there versus when he's not even there so i never understood that statement and first of all why would you want the 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 locker room is already divided right dax harwood i mentioned this on last episode from the dynamite review Dax Harwood pretty much stated that, you know, there's there's heat in the locker room. The locker room is divided. So why would you want to bring that same person in that pretty much started it all back into the company? Makes no sense to me. Oh, but he's a draw. He freaking he brings AEW back to the promised land. Shut the fuck up, man. Like, honest to God. I mean, uh, David, I I mean, these comments that I hear from wrestling fans like you got you know, from the the Twitter spaces that we've been on, it, it drives me up a wall. But, um, but yeah, so, and, and this is where I send it off to you, David, your thoughts about these comments from punk in this entire situation as a whole, the floor is yours.
1: I mean, it's, it's funny to hear just simply because we haven't, this isn't the first time that this man has been vocal. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a reason why I thought, why I said that I thought his Twitter account was hacked because yeah, like, I know under the, the grand scheme of, of professional wrestling. This certain stuff like that, and again, I, I could understand that if it was used in an angle. But this was him literally legit taking shots. Like this wasn't him trying to put it in an angle. And you see, if MJF did this, did this stuff, I I would be okay with it because MJF knows he can do stuff like that and can get away with it because that's just the type of character that he's built upon. CM Punk is not, and CM Punk is not a draw no more. Like he used to be and he's not a draw like mjf you mm-hmm. put mjf in any company although if you put him in a wb i think they're gonna limit him because of what wb is under and what their program is he's still a draw like he's gonna draw a crowd because he's mjf cm punk is not at that level no more and that comment that he made about about you know when the ratings went up when he was there it, it actually started going down, if you think about it. No. I mean, they're, they're much stay about the part. same. Yeah,
0: it's pretty much either stay yes. the same or like you say, they, they just they go down. <laughs> it's just yeah. you know, and then and then and another thing uh, as well, David, I'll get and I'll send this back. Yeah. To you. You'll also get these freaking people that think that this is still a work. <laughs> like, here's the thing. too, yeah. as Well, David, if this was beef with if this was if this heat was mentioned towards the elite then okay, then maybe okay, maybe I could see that being a work, right? But this is has nothing to do with Omega and the Bucks. This is strictly towards AEW as a whole and Tony Khan for calling him out, running a sloppy shop, telling that he can wrestle when he's not cleared. Like, but yet they want to say that it's freaking a work. And I'm like, where are you getting that at? <laughs> it's yeah, just guys. Yeah. This is this is not a work, guys. This is legit. Real and this is real heat and this is a real life situation. So, yeah, uh, uh, David, you're you're you have a few more of your thoughts before we get into uh,
1: into SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I've my, my thing with CM Punk, I've, I've had a have had an opinion on him since when he went on Coca Bana's podcast and basically trashed the entire company at WB. Uh, and, you know, he basically said that he would never come back and then he comes back under the utility of Fox. And it, it just never I don't know man it, it he he's he's weird to me he's weird to me if you want to go back to to CM Punk um back in 2008 to 2009 where they put the world title on him they gave him the keys they gave him the keys and then in 2011 they did the same thing and they literally went on from 2011 all the way to 2013 where his 434 day reign went they gave this guy the key I don't I don't understand where like where his complaint about WWE is from, like I, I I just don't get it. So I've always had an issue with CM Punk as far as how he does business, how he runs his mouth, and says one thing but then does a completely other thing. It's just my, my thing with CM. I, this is not shocking. What CM Punk did is not shocking at all. It is not shocking. I um that's why when I said I it, that's why I made the joke about it being hacked because I was I was like you know it, it I it, it would it would it would be shocking to me if it was hacked. But him doing this is, is not because he's he's been vocal since day one. Mm-hmm. And no, notice how when I brought up the Coca situation, notice how they're not cool no more. Like pe- yeah. people forget, pe- these are little layers about Punk that people don't tend to realize. Like people were shocked when Coca and him split, and I was like, "Why are you shocked? Like this is this is all Punk's nature." You know what I'm saying? This is all Punk. So I don't know. It's it's I, I find it very very telling that he's doing all this. I don't expect him to, to, to be back if they let him go. Uh, it's, it's we'll see. It's going to be interesting coming up.
0: Yeah, we shall definitely see. And it sucks too. Cause like, I love that whole world title run from punk back in 2012 to 2013. I mean, I truly enjoyed that run like that was i mean punk was legit honestly guys one of my favorite wrestlers growing up because of that whole world title run i mean of course i've always respected punk as a performer but i mean guys even you can tell it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see when especially his performance in the ring now he's never been the greatest in ring performer but now you see like i mean uh david i don't know if you remember this when this dude tried to take a try to do a buckshot lariat this dude legit tried to jump over the top rope and he just falls on his ass i mean this guy's this dude is completely done. He's even said in the media scrum, he's like, dude, listen, I'm old. I'm old. I'm hurt. I'm freaking tired. So why would you want that freaking dude coming back, just creating more hostility, more freaking heat? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And the weird thing is, too, as well, David, is that he also deleted this same post, this same post that I just read on his Instagram. He deleted it, uh, I believe, it was like after, what, maybe a few minutes to about maybe a half hour after that was posted, which is very weird because, you know, Punk is a guy that is always very, he's very, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Very truthful to what he says, or he, he, he believes in his own shit, I guess if you know, yeah. like his shit doesn't stink. Right. So it's weird that he would just delete something like that, unless maybe he, he thinks to himself and okay, maybe this isn't the right way to go about, you know, about things about the business that I used to work for, or maybe when I'm still working for. So I don't know. It's just not someone that CM Punk or a decision that CM Punk would do, which I just find interesting. So this whole situation is just really chaotic, man. It really is. And, of course, um, we will continue to update on this situation um, with CM Punk and what's next for him. I honestly believe that this dude should just go away from professional wrestling. Yeah, I, think I think he's for done. His life, yeah, I, I think yeah. for his life it's he's better off. Um, I mean, he's even, like I said, he said himself, I'm old, I'm hurt, I'm tired. His body's worn down. He's forty plus years old. I mean, it, it's it's time, man. So, and that's listen. That's no shade to Punk. I love CM Punk as a performer, but even from even from me as a fan, you know, it's like you know, I can't sugarcoat it. This dude needs to he needs to hang him up completely. Um, you know, I agree. where the situation goes from here, you know, <laughs> remains to be seen. But we'll continue to update all of you guys when that time comes, as well as you know, who knows Jericho might say something about this as his name was brought up you know maybe does dave Meltzer say something about this who knows but uh like i said we'll continue to update you guys once the time comes and now it is finally time to get into friday night smackdown from last night let's just jump straight into this thing so friday night smackdown which was uh march 24th 2023 live in las vegas nevada Hour number one, the show starts off with the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes versus Ludwig Kaiser from Imperium. Guys, match time was legit almost 20 minutes in length. 20 freaking minutes. Pretty good chunk of this first hour was legit this match. And I'm going to get into my thoughts uh, once I get through with this. But So Kaiser, by the way, gets a jobber entrance, which is really weird to me. Um, after commercial break, Paul Heyman, well, actually before commercial break as well, Paul Heyman he appears uh, up on the stage. Um, Solo Sokoa also comes out. He walks down the ramp with Heyman. As now they're at ringside, Vinci he gets involved. I think he throws like a towel or a shirt or in the ring. He distracts the referee and as uh, as they try to gain the upper hand, as the as uh, Vinci is now getting involved. You know Kaiser's tag partner in Imperium. And when it's all said and done, Cody Rhodes wins this match via the Cody Cutter and the crossroads for the W. And then post-match, Heyman gets on the microphone. He says, you know, you are owed an apology. He's like, "He's like, you know, she, you know, talking about Samantha Irving, the WWE ring announcer, um, you know, she didn't do a good job. I guess she's from Las Vegas or something <laughs> taking shots at the Las Vegas crowd. I thought that was funny. Paul Heyman just being Paul Heyman. Um, Heyman introduces Cody as like the challenger. That's pretty much the gist of like the introduction or whatever. Um, and then he goes on to announce that this Monday, Cody Rhodes will face off against Solo Sokoa. And then Roman Reigns will be on SmackDown next week for another face-to-face before or the go home show uh before WrestleMania. That's when Cody Rhodes gets on the microphone, speaking directly to Solo and says, Look, like I said this past Monday, you are not ready. And then he goes over to Heyman, he says, and after Solo finds out that he's not ready, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania will find out that he is not ready either. And then Rhodes just tosses the microphone to Heyman as he, and then that is the, uh, as he walks off and that is the segment. So David, I'll have you start this off, man. Your thoughts on this opening match and the post-match segment and everything as a whole.
1: Uh, Man, I I, I think, uh, I think they need, I think it was, I, I didn't expect Cody to lose. Uh, I think it was it was uh they needed Cody on SmackDown. I think it was great to see him on SmackDown. Um, I think uh I think Cody Paul, hey, Paul Heyman is the I don't know it's something about Paul Heyman that I love. Like I don't understand I don't get I think now people are kind of respecting Paul uh and his skills in the mic. I think now you kind of see him open up a little bit uh more uh especially because they're not doing they're not having Roman talk a lot. They're having Heyman just basically do what he was doing with Brock Lesnar for most of his mm-hmm. career. And it's cool to see. Um, Yeah, man, I, I think what they're doing with this overall is it, I think they're playing it uh very well. It's kind of sad that a lot of people are kind of diminishing the whole thing because they're like, oh, you know, Cody doesn't deserve to win the title. And it's like, I think people are overshadowing that with how they're, how they're building this. I think they're building it very well. Uh, I mean, you can say what you want about Cody and about how he hasn't really gone through anything to prove that he deserves to take the title off from. And at the end of the day, the <laughs> the guy has switched up from when he first came into business. He's oh, a different. Dude. He's a different. He's a different guy. A better wrestler. Uh, worth putting the title on. I, I I do see what people are talking about about how he hasn't really gone through certain situations. But if you think about it, you got to look at it as a career thing, not just WWE. I mean, he basically was a backbone to Randy Orton. Really, didn't get a good, uh, like kind of found himself with the Dash and Cody Rhodes, and and you know holding the IC title, bringing back the classic IC title, but really wanted to find more. He couldn't Star really dust find stuff. Don't forget more. The Stardust shit. <laughs> exactly that. That's what. That's ultimately like like. He was done at that point. Um. So I think him finding himself as the American nightmare was really what brought him up. And the fact that triple H was able to keep him as that and understand that he brings a lot as an American nightmare and people don't look at him as a legacy guy or a star guy or a dash and Cody Rhodes kind of guy. It, it's it, I think right now is a, is a good time uh, for, for Cody. I think the only thing that they kind of messed up was bringing him out as number 30. I think that was the most obvious thing yeah. that they could have done. I think, what they should have done, in my opinion, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I think they should have had Cody Rhodes as a number one guy, because if you have him and Gunther come out as number one no, and number yeah, two, the number one entrant, yeah, of the exactly, Rumble. yeah, 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 and yeah, you see how that carried out when those two were the two finalists. That that mm-hmm. was a great ending to the show, mm-hmm. in my Absolutely. opinion, great ending to the show. But if you would have had Cody come out as as a number one and and Gunther finish in number two, and then you have that ending. I think nobody would have complained about the match. So I, I, you know, I overall I think the build up to this match is is is, be- is is perfect. I just it's just sad that people are overshadowing it with the oh, Cody's not ready. This and that. just like, let it play out. Just let it play out. It's that that that's that's the nature and and the unfortunate. It's unfortunate when it comes to social media that it kills yeah. that. Because you could watch it for Raw and you could watch a SmackDown, but then you're gonna go on Twitter and you're gonna have people talking about oh, I don't care because I don't like the build up and it's just like let it play out because then if it plays out well and this match ends up being what it needs to be, mm-hmm. why complain? You know what I'm saying? So it's you know. Yeah. But I mean, overall it was a good match. I, I think it was a it was a perfect match for him to come back to when it came to SmackDown. I knew he was gonna be back on SmackDown just based off Fox and the way they do things. So I liked it. Yeah. I mean he I mean me and you both know about these people that just
0: love to just complain, especially when stuff is going very well. People just want to just shit on it just for some odd reason. Me and Brian talk about that all the time, just about every, you know, when something is good, you'll still get a bunch of these schmucks that just want to just trash over stuff that doesn't need to be trashed on at all, where it's, it's the, it's the last thing that they need to be worried about, especially in this company. So getting back to this match, um, here is the problem that I do have with this match, and and also the post-match segment. So first of all, why is Cody Rhodes? Why is it taking him almost twenty minutes to beat Ludwig Kaiser? Like that's no shade to this dude, <laughs> but why? Yeah, like, yeah. Bro, this dude's about to go up against Roman Reigns, right? The, the like the tribal chief, this freaking the best like the best dude that's in this company right now, like the guy, right? but yet it's taking you 20 minutes to beat Ludwig Kaiser, who's a – and listen, that's no shade to Ludwig Kaiser. Like, no shade to him. He's a decent wrestler. He's a part of a really – a decent tag team with Imperium. But again, guys, he's just – he's a tag team guy. I mean, that's – again, that's just no shade. It's just the reality. So why is it, you know, Cody Rhodes taking him 20 minutes to defeat this guy? Now, I'm not saying you need to squash him. I'm not saying he needs to lose in less than two minutes. But, like, cut that time in half is, I, I'll tell you why.
1: I'll tell you why I liked it though, because they gave they gave uh they gave a, a, a uh they gave him an opportunity with with, with somebody like Cody Rhodes. Like they yeah. let him they let him stand his his his, his momentum and stand his ground with yeah. Cody. And I was like, wow, like I didn't expect that because I was expecting I wasn't not a squash match, but I was expecting a quick match because of the reasons you just said. But once yeah. I started noticing that it was going longer, I was like, oh, I, I'm liking it because they're giving yeah. this kid an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, and, and that, and that's why I said I liked it.
0: Yeah, no, and you're definitely not wrong with this statement. But the thing is, though, with Cody, it's just like, you know, if it's taking him over almost 20 minutes to take down Ludwig Kaiser, then what does that say when he takes against Roman Reigns? You know what I'm saying about that? Like, I don't know. It's just very weird to me how they would book that. And listen, I'm not saying you don't squash this dude. I'm not saying this dude needs to lose in less than two to three minutes. I would have just cut the time out in half, David, maybe about 10 minutes. You don't need to go 20-plus minutes with a tag team wrestler against the guy your top baby face it's just like you know if he's struggling to take down Ludwig Kaiser then how is he going to do against Roman it's just the believability mm-hmm. and the realism of the situation just seems very very odd um so that's number one uh post-match segment um I mean look he announces so all of this kind of just led to announcing oh hey you're going to face solo Sokoa on Monday and Roman Reigns is going to be on Smackdown and then Cody Rhodes says some words, which he delivered very well. I just didn't think we had to get through a 20 plus minute match just to get to that segment. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, really yeah. weird. Um I just feel like they just can do better. It's not that I don't think it's bad, David. I'm not gonna sit here and trash it like it's bad. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think we could just do better just to start off the night with a 20 plus minute match to lead to oh hey, Cody Rhodes is gonna now face solo and Roman's going to be on SmackDown next week. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just very yeah, yeah. weird. Um, so, yeah, it was – and it's just a shame that, you know, in, in this – I know Roman Reigns has also taken this criticism about, oh, he doesn't like to work Fridays. He doesn't like to work Mondays. And I do hear where those people are coming from, but then, you know, I always I always make this statement. You know, he comes back, and you realize how good this freaking guy is when he delivers an epic promo like he did with Cody Rhodes this past Monday, how freaking awesome it was. Um, so – yeah, it's just I don't know. I feel like at least in Cody Rhodes' point of view in the in the story with Roman, I feel like it was just put on the back burner just a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed it it just seemed like very underwhelming to me. Uh, again, not that it was bad. It was just I think they, they could just do better if, if if that makes sense. Just to be
1: fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, not listen. You know, I, I just I don't like shows, David, that just start the night off with a match. You know, SmackDown has been doing a very good job. You know, they start the night off like backstage, like the Roman Reigns comes to the arena or the Usos arrive to the arena with, alongside with Heyman. Or you have Sami Zayn in, in uh, backstage somewhere, right? Like him and Jay Uso are backstage. I, I, I like that stuff. Like get people intrigued from the jump, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people will get intrigued with Cody, but then like they're in a match with Ludwig Kaiser. And I'm like, okay, we know Cody Rhodes is going to win. Why is this taking 20 plus minutes? So, yeah, yeah. that's just my whole take about it nothing that it was bad I just think that they can do be better um, so yeah. next segment we have or actually WWE announces that Austin Theory versus John Cena their match for the United States Championship uh, will kick off Wrestlemania night one uh, which is very also very very interesting so David I'll send this off to you because uh, uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts your thoughts about this match between Austin Theory and Cena how are you feeling about it and uh, what are your thoughts about this whole feud in this
1: situation? Well, I mean, like I stated in the very beginning, I grew up on John Cena. I mean, I, I through 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 his days of, of people complaining that he's had the golden shovel and how he's been at the top when he didn't need to be through his feud with the rock. I'm um, I've, I've stuck by the guy. Uh, and I'm obviously I'm happy to see him back. I figured they were gonna bring him back. Um, I really didn't understand why it has to be against Austin Theory, considering the fact that Austin Theory is the US champion. I think he needed to defend the title against somebody that is believable to take the title off of him, not somebody that's just yeah. gonna come because in. The title doesn't
0: need to be involved in this situation.
1: Yeah. I, no, I specific I specifically said if you're gonna if you're gonna involve Cena and in Theory, do not have Theory with the title at all. Mm. Like have Theory come out. With some type of thing where he doesn't even care about the U.S. title, he just wants a dream match and he wants to defeat John Cena. Like, don't have it. It just doesn't. It's it doesn't fit. And it, it because of the fact that he has the title on him, I, I kind of expected him to lose it at Elimination Chamber just because I'm like, oh, I know they're gonna do the Cena theory thing. He's probably gonna lose the title, whatever. Um, and probably, it'll probably, I would have the way I would have booked it. I would have basically said that Theory lost the title, he can't get a rematch, he's looking for, a, he wants to fight at WrestleMania, John Cena comes out, bada bing, bada boom, perfect. But because you have him as a champion, it's like, okay, so he's a champion and he's not going to defend it at WrestleMania. When normally you would want your champions, whether he's the IC champion, US champion, uh, WWE champion, you want them to defend it at the granded stage. That's what you, that's the whole plan. So for that, it's just like, you know, okay, like, I, I get why they want the theory in Cena because they kind of see a younger Cena in Austin Theory. But with him with, as the title, you're just having him do his dream match, supposedly
0: with Plus him as a champion. and also audience and stuff. They're like, oh, it's John Cena, right? So they'll go yeah, yeah. watch.
1: But if well you're gonna so have it. Cena come back, have him against somebody that is not a champion. Have have him come back on a on a big match type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it yeah. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm gonna just enjoy it. I hope the match isn't bad. Because I know this is already getting criticized because of what I just said. Yeah. Um, so then, if the match is is, is terrible, I think it, it's gonna be a shit show. Uh, but I just hope that the, I just hope the match uh, is just for both sake. Uh, I hope the match ends up really well. Yeah, I really. I, I think it'll be decent. I, I think it's gonna be decent than what people
0: give it credit for. Uh, no doubt that this this whole situation doesn't really need to be involved with the title. Um, and, but it is going to be interesting to see how they do go about this because I don't know. I just find it uh, th- like, cause you can't give it to, you can't give this title to Cena if that's the case, no. right? Because he's hardly a part-timer anymore as it is. So Austin theory has to win this match, whether we like, or dislike Austin theory, honestly, David is kind of irrelevant in this situation. The right decision for here is, is to go Austin theory. As far as the match is concerned, I think it'll be fine. Um, I think I mean the match is not. I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty simple. I mean, Cena's going to do his shoulder tackles. He's going to do that five knuckle shuffle. He's going to do all of his basic freaking moves. Um, and you know, Austin Theory is going to be the guy to really hold the fort down. So, yeah, you know, it's but, and here's the thing too with Theory. Before I get into this uh, this next segment, I, I don't really think that Theory is is that bad as what people say he is. Now, do I think he's like outstanding or a fantastic performance no i i don't think he's at that level yet but i think Austin theory is still decent enough where there's there's potential right i always talk about wrestlers on this podcast always having potential and i see the same thing with Austin theory now it doesn't help when he has a money in the bank contract and he cashes in that motherfucker on a united states championship and loses the match it just doesn't help him at all and, and now you give him this reboot when it's the same
1: freaking character. It's, it's funny that you bring that up because when he did that, I I I took down the tweet because um, I was just feeling bad for the kid. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I got a couple comments where they kind of looked at it like I was tweeting, I was taking shots at Theory, but yeah. when I I was taking shots at Creative because mm-hmm. I said I said Austin Theory, if you're gonna have him with the briefcase, even though I don't think he was ready for it. Yeah. Why don't you just? Why don't you just put the title on him? Like mm-hmm. you just embarrass the kid. That that to me is yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Break, if you break it down, it's embarrassing that he cashed it in on the United States Championship. Oh, so and good. it's embarrassing if you're gonna have him cash it in on the U.S. title, have him win it, don't have him lose it. He's gonna be the butt of the joke. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, if you go on t- on wrestling Twitter, oh, they were killing the kid. I felt so bad because he's talented. It's 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 bad enough that they already. Put that—that that he's Mister McMahon's next guy. That is pressure. I don't care if it's a storyline. I don't care if, if it's script. No, no that—that's pressure. If—if if I'm coming in as a young guy and they're putting this 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 mantra of me being Mister McMahon's next guy, that's pressure. Uh, I I I would I would de- That's that's a lot to deal with because now fans are gonna look at you like, okay, that's that's the boss's next guy what does he bring to the table that the boss likes so much he's always going to be that focus even though he's not the main top guy of the business just because he's a low mid-card guy that's still Mr. McMahon's god you know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. they pulled and we know push. about Vince McMahon pretty much so still being
0: involved with the company as well. I mean, we, we pretty much know that there's there's still involvement with, with Vince McMahon, even though Triple H is technically running the, the ship or whatever. We know that Vince yeah. McMahon. I mean, look yeah, at Brock yeah. versus Omos, for for example. Like that's a Vince McMahon
1: decision, guys. That's just because, disgusting. Um, disgusting. Exactly. Yeah, wrong. it's disgusting. McMahon. It's disgusting at this point. Brock Brock should have did what he did with Stone Cone and at King of the Ring. Just and and no, sorry. Yeah, what Stone Cold did to him, Brock should be doing to Omos, no disrespect to Omos, because yeah. I'm not going to, knowing me and what I've accomplished, I've, I've, I have this breaking the streak on my record. Uh, so many things that Brock has on his record since coming back. And you're going to have me at, at a big, this is a, a a really big WrestleMania if you think about it. So to have to have me fight a guy who, again, it, it's, it's going to be like the great Khali versus Kane at WrestleMania 23 if you ask me. It's going to be a. it's not going to be an entertaining matchup. It's going to wow. be fans are going to are going to critique it. It's not yeah. something I look forward to. I feel bad for Brock yeah. because, again, we know what Brock is mm-hmm. in, in his stature with the company as a wrestler and all that. He's done so much. So for them to do that, and I'm shocked that he's even a grain to it. So it's, it's very it's very weird. But listen, I can't I can't say enough at this point, because I'm like, that would not be a match that I would assume Triple H would want to put. So it's very weird. I don't I don't know how they how they could go forward with that. But, hey, you know, (laughs) what what can you do? Right. It's it's a very odd situation. Absolutely. Well, very well
0: said. And speaking of odd, uh, we go into uh, Charlotte Flair. And her and uh, her promo <laughs> that she cut as her music hits, and she enters the ring her pretty much the focal point of her promo she talks about the word fear and she talks about insecurities and nepotism, right um, I mean and by, and by the way, guys, you hear the crowd, nobody gives a shit. I, I mean I, and I said this also, David. the reaction she got at Tampa Bay when she first returned, I said this to Brian too and Brian, shout out to you. I know you're watching this. I said that she was not gonna get that same reaction even before yeah. WrestleMania. And here we are. She's oh, not we said it the in same space. reaction from the crowd. She's a baby face.
1: Did you remember Nobody that? Space did you remember that space that we were on that we said it? We yeah. specifically said it and we were calling uh, I don't well, yeah. say his name. Carlos. Shout out to Carlos. He basically did his Twitter space, and we basically called him out on it. And we we're basically yeah. like, dude, it's not, it's, it's not the same, bro. Yeah, like, I yeah, get. Yeah, the flair and and stuff I'll speak like more
0: about this too once we get through this segment. But yeah, I mean, it's not that Charlotte Flair is not talented, guys. It's just that fans are not buying her shtick being the greatest women's wrestler of all time. No one's it's buying. You know, she's good. Yeah, is she great? great. Absolutely not. Um, so she goes on to continue to talk about fear, insecurities, nepotism. Um, you know, she's saying, like, you know, mentioning, you know, Rhea's words about wanting to fear her. She's like, the only thing I have to fear is my own potential. You know, fans and then fans start doing the what chant. This is actually where I feel bad. I actually feel slightly bad for Charlotte because I I can't stand this what chant, David. It is the most annoying, <laughs> obnoxious freaking chant I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, enough, guys. Like enough. I spoke about this too. I think it was, I think it was the Monday Night Raw review this past monday guys enough with the what chant like in the words of jay cardgill like i always mentioned cut the shit like honest to god yeah. um so the fans you know go in the what chant. charlotte flair tries to like cut that stuff out in her promo um but i mean i guess that also meant like states just how interested they are in charlotte flair i guess i don't know but but yeah the fans are just doing the what chant i'm just like for the sake man um, you know, she, you know, she's like, you know, are she's like, are you really wedding me? <laughs> just thought it was, I don't know, it's just, it's just a, it was just a mess, man. But um, you know, so she says, listen, now, I will never apologize for continuing the greatest legacy in sports entertainment. Diamonds are forever, and so is Charlotte Flair, and that, that's the segment. Um, Charlotte, you know what, David, I'm gonna send this off to you. You know, Charlotte reminds me of a, a bottle of NyQuil because every time I hear this girl. Talk- <laughs> I just want to be put to sleep because that's the, uh, the promo in a nutshell. It's just, guys, like, what are we doing? And this is your main event, David. This mm-hmm. is your main event of night one. This is the build. Rhea Ripley was nowhere to be found on this show. You just have and, – and, and you notice how they just kept the promo very short. This promo was no longer than maybe two to three minutes. Um, yeah, guys, I, I just don't understand. I thought the segment last week was fine. They brawled on the outside, you know, the physical. I thought that was fine. I'll take that. And then you have Charlotte Flair just go out there. the The crowd is down into it. They're chanting what for fuck's sake? I mean, it's just it's just so odd to me. I and, and David I, and I'm going to send this off to you when I make the statement, and I'm sure you agree with me on this. Cody Ro or excuse me, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos is the night one main event. That is no shade to Charlotte, and that is no shade to Rhea Ripley. That Thank you. match is the main event for night one. It's not even a debate anymore. If you're a Thank Charlotte you. Flair fan and you're upset about that, I hear you and I listen. I feel for you, but I'm just speaking for the truth, and I'm just and I'm just speaking as genuine, genuinely as I can. So, but uh, David, I'll send this off to you. Your thoughts of Charlotte Flair
1: and this uh, in this promo that she got. I mean, it it, it put me to sleep. For, for all <laughs> I can say, I, I was I was. Uh, I, Man, if she if she proves it every time. The, the only reason she is she is successful is because of her father and what her father has built. Now I love Charlotte. I'm not disrespecting the girl. I'm not I'm not discarding everything she's done. I I was so happy when they brought her up. I thought it was, they did it at the right time. The women's revolution. I thought it was it was perfectly well done. Uh, every everything that they've done with this girl, but I think they keep pushing the narrative. That she's Flair's daughter, and that's what got everybody like okay. And then they want to they want to keep pushing the whole sixteen women cha- time champion, and it's it's obvious. It's not something that's not obvious. It's obvious. Like this is something like you shouldn't be. We we us as wrestling fans know that it shouldn't even be booked that way. Like, don't make it obvious that that's what you're trying to do. They made it; they have made it so obvious that that's what they're trying to do, and that's what's tampering her, re- like you know, the love with the crowd or her reactions. And I think mm-hmm, a lot of people always say that the reason WWE puts her as a heel is because she does better as a heel. She pulls both off, but I feel like the reason that we've seen her go so fast to heel is because they're noticing, they're noticing the crowd reaction when she's yeah. when when she comes out. They're noticing that they're done with that. The crowd is done with her with, yeah. her, with her, stick, and they're like, you know what? We can't pull her off as a heel because everybody, because everybody's done with her stuff. So just um, we can't pull her off as a face, and we'll just keep her as a heel because they're gonna hate her regardless. <laughs> so, yeah, and
0: I and I think too, it's just the fact that WWE just doesn't know what to do with her or how to really book her. I mean, when you we've noticed this too with a lot of characters, right, David? We see people like uh, the Big Show, right? The Big Show has been turned probably face and heel about 10 gazillion times, right? You're starting to see that now with Charlotte a lot over the last six to seven years. And I think because they don't know the direction for her. There's hardly any reaction towards Charlotte Flair. So they keep trying every single thing to get this woman over. And guess what, guys? Nothing is working. Like, nothing. They need to... I don't know what they need to do, David, but something has got to change with the narrative. They did it with Roman, right? And they've done it tremendously. They got to start doing something now with Charlotte Flair because it is not working. I, I mean, you heard her cut this promo. Were the lines good? Okay, yeah, they were good. But again, it's the delivery was eh, and again, we it's talked about just being put to sleep because guys, I'm sure as well as as well as Las Vegas, Nevada was outside of the what shit was being put to sleep.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's and nice, you, also- you know?
0: it, it's just it's not shade to her as a performer. It's it's more exactly to also creative and also Vince McMahon, Triple H, whoever the hell is running WWE back there, whoever's running creative back there. That that's just the reality of uh, of this situation. And and guys, there is no way, and I mean no way,
1: can this match
0: <laughs> be the main event of Night One of WrestleMania this coming Saturday? It just can't be. So I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad you're saying.
1: I'm, I'm glad you're saying it because everybody on on Twitter and Instagram. It wants that to be the final match because yeah. of this woman empowerment stuff, and I I'm all for it Absolutely. if it's done right and if it and if it's entertaining. That that was this this has not been entertaining at all, no. and I I feel like they're doing my 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 girl uh, Rhea Ripley dirty as far as the buildup. I don't think they're showing her enough respect. Her momentum, think, yeah, her momentum, yeah, not the same at all. It's it's, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. I, I knew the Judgment Day thing wasn't going to fit if they were going to try to put her. I, I said yeah. it. As soon as rumors started flying around that they wanted her to win the Women's Royal Rumble, I was like, oh, they got to get her off the Judgment Day now. Yeah, It's not it's not going well, to fit. Should.
0: The match that they should, she should be in is with Bianca Belair. That's the match she yeah. should be in.
1: That's the but match she you know should be under in. we Charlotte
0: yeah. Flair because why? Because it's Charlotte Flair and we need to put her in the main event. Like, guys, give me a freaking break. I'm fine with Rhea Ripley winning that Rumble. I think her with Judgment Day – has been the best thing that's happened for it, not just her, Finn, Damien, and even Dominic. And we're gonna get to freaking Dominic about in, in the second hour here. But yeah, I mean, she has done very, very well. And then you put her with with Charlotte, and that just diminishes her character because they're gonna be more on side with her as opposed to Charlotte, but yet she's the heel, you know, and, and that's just that's just the most disappointing thing out of all this. But Um, You know, David, clearly we're both on the same page in regards to the situation. Um, And just with this whole Charlotte Claire thing, it just it needs to change because it's just not getting any better. Mm -hmm. Our number two, we go into a match with Rey Mysterio versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. As we go into this match, this match was 10 minutes in length. Rey Mysterio hits the ring and and, uh, greets his family who are sitting at ringside for this match. Um during this match, Ray heads up to the top rope and Dominic's music hits as Dominic comes down the rampway. LA Knight takes advantage of the distractions that is that's where we go into commercial break. Um, and Michael Cole, Michael Cole is funny. The hatred that he has for Dominic is hilarious. He says, I guess mommy let him out of the house tonight. <laughs> I freaking love Cole. I just I don't know if you hear that too, David, like the hatred that Cole has. For Don, I don't know I just love the realism in that situation like he's pretty much the face commentator of course with Wade Barrett um I just think it's freaking I just think it's freaking hilarious how just how into Michael Cole is with this whole freaking uh this whole storyline I just think I, I and I think Michael Cole is really underappreciated as well and I'm not saying Michael Cole has always been a great uh, uh play-by-play commentator. But as of late over the past number of years, I think he's I think he's really elevated his game and I just think that that should just be really acknowledged. But um, so during this match, Ray Mysterio goes for the 619. Dominic, uh, he ends up getting involved. he kind of trips Ray underneath his feet. The ref, uh, while the ref wasn't looking, might, might I add. And then LA Knight with that slight distraction takes advantage and rolls up Ray Mysterio for the W. And then post match, and this is when it gets really, really interesting now. Dominic now hits the ring and he continues to demand a match at WrestleMania. You know, he's like, listen, are you going to face me? Are you going to be a man? Are you going to face me at WrestleMania? And Rey Mysterio says no. He says once again, no, I'm not facing you. He rolls underneath the ring ropes and starts to slowly walk up the rampway. Dom then, he calls out his mother at ringside. He's like, how does it feel to be married to a pathetic loser? And then he approaches his family. So his sister, Aliyah is also is as well at ringside. As uh, Ray, he's and then he stops. Ray Mysterio stops. His back is turned, and then he turns back into this. You know, he turns back to the ring or to the ringside. Um, you know where where his family is at, where Dom and and uh, his wife and and Aaliyah are at. And he pretty much Aaliyah then stands up to Dominic after calling Angie, you know, his mother, a deadbeat mom. She's like, she's so like, how does it feel to be married to a deadbeat? Is you know, how, so how does it be or how does it feel? To be married to a deadbeat. I said, I guess that makes you a deadbeat mother. And then Aaliyah's like, enough. She stands up to Dom, calling Aaliyah a a moron or or stupid, um, you know, for not understanding the situation, I guess. Angie snatches the microphone, and then Dom just snatches it right back, and he gets amplified. He yells into his mother's face and says, shut up. And that's when Rey Mysterio says, oh, hell no. He rushes down to ringside, and guys, this was the punch heard Around the world as he smacks Dominic in his mug and he drops him where he stands. And this was and this was probably one of the biggest pops. I said this about the hug between freaking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, how the pop you heard from Las Vegas was just freaking epic because of the build, guys. We always talk about build and storylines. This is an, a, a tremendous example of that. Um, so yeah as he drops him where he stands ray mysterio says enough he's like listen you know i didn't want to hit you you made me hit you he's like you don't talk to your mother like that that's also my wife and Ray Mysterio and, and dominic's on the floor he's kind of like cowardly cowardly kind of inching away which i like because you know clearly dominic was not expecting ray to do this at all and i like the realism of the situation he was all tough he was all cocky and now all of a sudden he puts his hands on and now he has wants nothing to do with it. He's like, Oh snap. I did not think that he was actually going to hit me now be- of what I just, and I like that, man. I love that freaking storytelling, especially the face and the mannerisms like, you know, David, we always talk about as well on the Twitter spaces and everything like that. Um, so, and then, and then that's when, uh, Ray Mysterio puts on the finishing touch. He says, listen, you want to fight at WrestleMania? It's on, I'll see you at WrestleMania, son. And then that's when, uh, uh, Dominic walks off. He walks up the rampway. You can tell in his face, like he is now like like shook. He's like he just got hit by like a cement truck or something. And Rey Mysterio is also in distraught. Like he's like, I can't believe it's pretty much come to this point. Um it's yeah, it, it is official now, guys. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic at WrestleMania. I'm not sure if it's gonna be at night one or night two yet, but I guess we'll find that out. Um uh, uh I guess soon in the next couple of days. But uh, David, I'll send this off to you, my man. Your thoughts of this uh, this match between Rey Mysterio and LA Knight and the post-match segment as a whole?
1: Uh, I kind of predicted the way that match was going to go. Uh, <laughs> I figured they needed something on SmackDown to kind of get, like, a little bit of a boost, and that was perfect. I think you couldn't have drawn any better. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I, I mean, it was obvious that was going to happen. Um, I'm just glad that it did happen the way it did. That pop was crazy. I had to watch the video like a couple more times to kind of get, get the feels of it. If it was well needed. Um, I think it's gonna be a great match. I mean, I've given Dom so much credit since he's came in. Uh, and he's, you know, take, he's been under the tutelage of his father. Uh, A lot of, a lot of grace. I know Edge is one of the people that kind of helped him, like kind of trained him a little bit. Uh, So you could tell it's wearing off. This kid is very talented. I mean, he's got great might skills, in my opinion. Uh, He's pulled it off. A lot of people were... He's gotten a lot better. A lot better, yeah. And I I think him being on the Judgment Day and him being a heel kind of plays into that. uh, Because now they're looking at him as a solo, kind of, and they're giving him that opportunity. So I think it's awesome. Um, I think think that match is going to be a very underrated match. I think it's going to be great. I think uh, it's not going to be like one of those matches is going to be a, a slept over match. I think it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait. I definitely can't wait. I, I, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to just because of the storyline and how long it's been brewing as far as him turning against his family. I mean, the segments of, you know, him and Rhea Ripley showing up during Christmas and Thanksgiving, like I think it, it's played out very well. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing too, like
0: this storyline as a whole has pretty much, it's never been perfect. You know at the mm-hmm. start of this we were kind of skeptical about like ah, i don't know how this is really going to work out right you know it, especially like when it comes to comparing it to the bloodline like the bloodline it, it, i mean it's been going on even for like two plus years ever ever since roman reigns came back and the whole feud with Chay Uso. Mm-hmm. but now you're seeing this over the past month or two this storyline has been outside of the bloodline david has been pretty much the best thing going on in in, in this company I mean, I, I know that's a pretty broad statement to make, but I mean, it's, it's, it's true. Um, yeah. I mean, honest to God, I mean, like you mentioned about Dominic, I mean, obviously, I've been a very critique, I've been very critical about Dominic, because yes, he was a good wrestler, but to me, he was just Rey Mysterio's father. I mean, that's just honestly, he was known, he was in the tag team with him. Yes, they won tag titles together as the first father-son duo, and that was fine. But Dominic, to me, was still just missing something. He was still missing something within his within his uh development in his character and yeah and i was very critical about that like he's got to get something going and now with the judgment day his his freaking his freaking you know development and his improvement has been tenfold um and and it shows it tremendously shows um has, has he been perfect no but but has he been delivering very good stuff absolutely um, and it definitely deserves praise. And now it's just been this whole build about, you know, like what's going to put Rey Mysterio over the edge when he finally lays into freaking Dominic, you know. And now this is, you know, telling his his mom to shut up and getting into his sister's face. And now it's it's come to this moment where now family has gotten involved. And, and yeah, just honestly close to perfection <laughs> at this point. And it's a shame, too, because I still remember that stupid freaking NASCAR race that they had whatever that was on SmackDown and that just diminished <laughs> everything. I don't know if you remember that, David, but oh, God, I
1: don't know what that was. I, I don't want to remember it. After yeah, exactly. I, to read online, I don't want to either, but it I, I, I missed play. the show, but I know online they were trashing it so bad that I was like, it's and not it even worth it. So, yeah, it
0: was yeah. weird. It was odd. It was just so out of place. But yeah, but outside of that, guys, this, this story between these two has been doing tremendously well. And this was no doubt the highlight of the entire freaking night. Um, Again, the pop from the punch to the face. Dominic's words, Rey Mysterio finally finalizing the match. Um, And yeah, guys, it's on. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic and Mania. And don't be surprised that I think this is going to be legit one of the probably close to the best match out of the entire weekend. I truly believe that outside, of course, the bloodline and Cody, we know that they're going to deliver. We know that. Um, you know Seth Rollins and Logan Paul, I mean they're gonna deliver a nice decent match. We know that too, but this this match right here, this is going to be something special. I can just feel it, David. I really really do. so both tremendous stuff from 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 both Ray and Dominic. Dominic continues to improve Ray mysterio he's also putting in his best work as of late. you know, I feel like also too with Ray mysterio. he's been very lost in the shuffle over the past couple of years and now you're tr- you're remembering why Ray mysterio is so freaking special because you put him now in a situation where fans can actually give a damn. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. tremendous all the way around, no doubt, probably the best, uh, the best segment of the, out of the entire night. Up next, we have our third match, which was Shotzi and Natalia versus Lacey Evans and Xia Li. Oh boy. um, This match <laughs> was just odd. Uh, uh... In many Many different ways that I'm just gonna save and, and, and not and not mention it. But anyway, Liv Morgan and Raquel are, are uh, at ringside. Um, Natalia just wins this match via the sharpshooter to Zyalee as Lee just taps out instantly. Guys, what happened to Zia I mean, guys, honestly, like Zia Li was I mean, I legit think, David, like she she reminds me of like a female version of Brock Lesnar. I say that because her work is very real. She brings a lot of realism to her fights. If you watched her matches, and even though yes, I know people like make the comments that she's stiff, she's not a grain ring wrestler. But still, I mean, she's better than probably half of maybe even the men on this in this freaking company. And yet, I even forget that she's even on the roster. I, I mean, it is so freaking bad. And you throw her in a te- for a a women's showcase, just for, like what? in the hell are we doing here uh i mean in a, a rel- you throw her in a tag team with Lacey evans S- seriously i, I mean I Lacey
1: evans are all people <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: oh my god it's just so weird so anyway ronda rousey and shayna baszler come out their music hits they storm the ring they say some words um and then shayna makes the final statement like oh by the way we're, we've just been added to the match the showcase match at mania I'm so, I'm sorry I'm sorry what so <laughs> wait a minute so they were so shotzi and Natalia won this match to get in the showcase match whatever the hell you want to call it but yet Rhonda and Shayna just get added in what what sense on this planet does that make <laughs> I mean guys what is this ma- and Liv, you know, I spoke this to about Liv Morgan. Like, this is how you're involving Liv Morgan, uh, Zia Lee, even Shotzi. I know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, there's, I know there's not a lot of Shotzi Blackheart fans, but still, this is how you're utilizing your women's division. You're throwing out a multi-fatal four-way tag that nobody gives a crap about. That with there's nothing... There's nothing on the line. Why do they even need to qualify if there's still... I would expect if, if there was a title opportunity on the line, okay, you need to maybe qualify. But then you have people not qualifying, you have people have to qualify, and there's nothing on the line. So what? Because we don't want to... Because what, we want to shorten the WrestleMania card and we don't want to throw everybody in their... in, their, uh, in, in, in everybody out there? Like what, like, what are we doing? It's just so weird, and to me... David, it's just so freaking lazy, and that's all I gotta say, honestly. So, your your thoughts about this tag match?
1: There's really nothing. You literally took the words out of my mouth. It, it is. this disgusting. It's it's bad. Uh, it's, it's a waste of time. Uh, it, again, it, it, this 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 could tie back to what we've said about Triple H taking care of things. What's what's changed since Vince? This is a Vince type of move. What, what what has changed? Um. So I, I don't. I'm not gonna be interested in it. Uh, I expect the crowd to just not give too flying shits. <laughs> I mean, L.A. crowd could be ruthless when they want. This is
0: this is the bathroom break, David. This is when people exactly. Say, oh, okay, this. Is, oh, okay. Exactly. Is exactly. Yep. Okay, I got to use the restroom. Let me come back. Same yeah, yeah, for yeah. the band because yeah. I know there's also a men. Showcase that's involved. Oh, the showcase match for the men. Yeah, let me go to the restroom real
1: quick. Yeah, let me <laughs> I'm go get something mistaken. to eat. Let me let me go. Yeah, like, on let watch me get something yeah, to eat. Bro. Let
0: me get some good yeah. food. You know, there's got some. You know, you got your like you know burgers or hot dogs or whatever, like popcorn. Like, let me just get a quick snack. And like, I'm not missing anything here. Like, let me grab my soda. Let me grab my beverage. Like, you know, this is the you know like, again. It's just just so odd, man. uh And there's like you said, David. There's really nothing much to say because it is just it's just ridiculous. But yet you have. Charlotte Flair that's just getting the world and then everyone else is just getting the short end
1: of the stick and it's just ridiculous to me wouldn't be surprised if one of the women come out to make a complaint like seeing punk did. <laughs> it, would be, it wouldn't be shocking to me right, right. Yeah. I don't know. And it's it's just everything about You this. can't wrap your head around it. it. That's how bad it is. Like, it's not even worth a conversation. No,
0: it's, it's not. Life. And I know Brian, uh, Brian's I'm sure is watching. I'm sure it's not even, it, it, Brian would say the same thing. It's not even worth his time even discussing.
1: Yeah, it's, the, it's the Sasha Banks effect ever since she left. I think once yeah. she left, they didn't know what the hell to do because she, w- she was what Charlotte Flair is supposed to be as far as like the crowd being into her, being the top – that was Sasha. Now, when Sasha left, it was it basically yeah. Sasha told the truth about it. And, you know, now she's not with the company anymore. So since
0: I know on this podcast, we're going to talk a lot about Mercedes Monet. That's now that she's the new the new name that she's going by now is talks about Forbidden Door and her relationship with New Japan. Her talks about maybe potentially coming back to WWE, you know, if, if you know, if, if there is an agreement. Uh, But we'll, of course, on this podcast, we'll get more into that once the time comes. But yeah, shout out to uh, Mercedes Fernando, Sasha Banks. We truly miss her deeply. Uh, (laughs) Contract signing. uh, This was for the Intercontinental Championship for the Triple Threat match with Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. Drew McIntyre hits the ring first. Uh, Sheamus interrupts interrupts Adam Pearce um you know they go into words you know the whole story it's not even even between gunther it's pretty much just between drew and Seamus talking about listen you know you know how much the intercontinental title means to me you know how would you backstab me like that go behind my back try to challenge gunther pretty much telling that story uh drew mcintyre gets on the microphone and says listen you know the facts are i've beaten you and i know i can be gunther history shows you can't so that was pretty much the big quote in this uh in this whole contract signing both True and McIntyre, or excuse me, both True, McIntyre, and Sheamus sign the contract as Gunther now hits the ring. Um, Gunther gets into Adam Pierce's face, telling him to justify this situation, you know, justify why he has to face why the Intercontinental Championship, realistically, also, David, has been a complete joke over the last pretty much been like two, three plus years that it's always being defended on a SmackDown. Like the fact that there's really no definitive challenger for this IC championship, and I like the reaction from Gunther. It actually brings a lot of realism to the situation. Like, like, dude, like Adam Pierce, like, how can you, like, you're putting me in this triple threat match because you can't get your ducks in a row and give me a definitive challenger? Because, we, and that's the character about Gunther. You know, he he defends the title with honor. He's actually a, a actual badass freaking champion. Now, of course, you know he also has Imperium come out to also help him out every now and then as the heel that he is, which is understandable. But still, I mean, he goes out there as, as an honorable champion. Like, dude, like, you don't have a definitive challenger for me? Like, like justify the situation. Like, how do you not have a definitive challenger for my Intercontinental Championship? So I do like that realism in, in that aspect. Um, so this whole thing just goes haywire as uh, Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunn, like a wild hyena, I guess, just jumps over the frickin' contract table, as Gunther also signed the contract as well, and just starts beating up frickin' Gunther, and this leads into into an impromptu match. So, yeah, just, uh, guys, I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Gunther, so yeah, so impromptu match between Gunther and Butch. Um, So Butch, so again, well, Sheamus and Drew are at ringside, as well as Rich Holland. Um, you know, all Gunther comes face to face with Drew and Sheamus. Butch hits Drew with a flying forearm. This was on the outside. It's a flying forearm. Accidentally hits Drew in the face. Drew gets pissed off as now he's on the ring apron as both, uh, Butch and Gunther are back in the ring. Sheamus gets into it with Drew. He just hits the Glasgow kiss or the headbutt to freaking Sheamus's uh, Sheamus's dome piece. And then Ridge Holland ends up just gets in, uh, just gets thrown into the ring post like a piece of garbage. Um, Gunther and Sheamus... Um, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was post-match, but Gunther wins this match, via I believe it was like a power slam or a side slam or whatever, as um, Gunther ends up winning this match, as he should. He's the Intercontinental Champion. I doubt he should be losing a match this close to Mania anyway. Um, Gunther and Sheamus come face-to-face. Drew McIntyre claymores Gunther as uh, Sheamus sidesteps uh, Drew um, and hits the claymore to Gunther, and then Gunther is being dropped where he stood and then just a face to face between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Um <laughs> I, I guys, I, I don't know. Uh Here's the thing with this match too, right? And then David, I'll send this off to you. Um, I actually, I actually don't mind this match. I think this match is going to be fun for what it is. I mean, it's Gunther, it's Sheamus and it's Drew McIntyre. I think it's going to be pretty physical and I think it's going to be pretty fun. However, like the, the 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 moral of the story is more between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus than it is with your champion that is Gunther. Just find that situation very very mind boggling. Um, it's like Gunther's being pushed to the side, and the focal point is between Drew and Sheamus, and and that's what I was scared of about this triple threat going into it. Is that you know your main thing, your main attraction that should be your champion is pretty much just a just a uh, just being pushed to the side, I guess, if, if you would call it, but there's really nothing much to say. Um, I guess they didn't want too much physicality because, you know, want to save all that physicality during the match. But, um, I mean, I can take it or leave it. Honestly, David, this wasn't bad, but it wasn't something that I'm getting more excited about. Like did this segment really get me more excited about the triple threat match this, this coming WrestleMania or next week? The answer is no. Um, it, it really didn't. So, uh, but David, I'll send this off to you before we get into our final segment of the night. Your thoughts with this whole contract
1: signing? Yeah, I mean they—they're not—they're basically doing what they know with Rhea Ripley. They're not giving Gunther any uh, shine, uh, and he's the champion. It's disrespectful to the guy. Um, I'm expecting him to to win. Yeah. Um, I also have this—I yeah. also have this feeling like they're going to have Drew in it simply because I think they like Drew with a title around him but I don't want him to win. But I wouldn't be shocked if they do. I think Gunther uh should have the IC title for a good amount of time. I think the fans love him. Uh he's over. Uh he fits as the IC title and um I I I expect him to win. I just again I just think that they're taking they're not putting him on the top. I think they're trying to focus more on the friendship that's being torn between Drew McIntyre and, and Sheamus. And it's like, uh, Gunther's pretty much like, "Hey guys, I'm over here." Type thing, and it's it's disrespectful. And I've yeah. I've had a grip for it for about a while now. where you watching? You're just like, "Yo, what the hell are they doing with Gunther?" I mean, they're having him come be in this match, put his title on the line, but yet he's not really introduced like that. So it's it it's it's frustrating. It's I uh, everything you said, I agree with. It's very frustrating. It, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's very very odd. And here's the thing too with Drew, it's like this dude ended up winning world title gold. And I mentioned this too on this podcast. This dude went from beating Brock Lesnar, unfortunately in front of nobody, but still beating <laughs> Brock Lesnar at Mania, yeah. and now he's settling for mid card title gold. It just seems like a consolation prize. Same with Sheamus. It's like oh, but he needs to be a a Grand Slam champion. Guys, by the, by the end of maybe 2024, everybody's going to be a Grand Slam champion. It's just like enough already with this, yeah, yeah. this, this whole – I don't get that achievement and how it's just like it's that big of a deal. Like I'd rather see somebody like freaking Bruno San, San Martino hold a title for thousands upon thousands of days, just one title reign, than you're holding multiple titles in your in your company. It's just – to me, it's just a very weird – accomplishment that people try
1: to blow smoke up my rear end it's just it's just so weird i, I figured okay. they were gonna do that with drew as soon as they drop, as soon as they had him drop the title the WWE title i figured he was going right back to the mid card oh yeah you just, knew that. Gave me that yeah, ex-
0: exactly yeah. you knew it eventually maybe not right away but you knew eventually it was gonna have I felt felt so was bad. Gonna find his way into the mid card the, uh title scene and here we are and, and here exactly. we are and he doesn't even need to be involved in a title here's the thing too guys and i'm gonna and i'm gonna go uh mention this and i'm gonna get into this final segment of the show you don't everybody in this company does not need to be involved with a title to get good booking right that's not what we're saying here it's like we always talk about oh like give them give them better booking give them better this that doesn't mean throw a title on them mm-hmm. just put them in a non-title feud and just make it meaningful, make it intrigue. Dominic and Rey Mysterio is the perfect example of that. Now, have there been blunders here and there in the road? Sure, absolutely. But for the most part, over the last month or two, it has been done, and is and the story has been told very, very well. And that just shows you that you don't need a title to put on good television to put on a good story. So, but yeah, yeah. look, this this match to me. I'm, I know people are still gonna, you know. Get Intrigued about it because it's you know, these are three physical individuals. Uh, but don't worry, guys, because next week you're gonna see Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus Imperium. Next week, the can they coexist game? Can they get on the same page? That whole bull crap freaking storytelling. I got it. We saw it with Bianca Belair and Asuka, we saw it with uh, even in NXT, you saw it with Carmelo Hayes and uh, and Braun Breaker over in NXT. It's just like enough. With that Cole stuff, it's just ridiculous. So, again, you know, again, this segment as a whole, I can take it and I, and I can leave it. So, final segment of the night. This was the KO show with special guest Sammy Zayn. Um, you know, they talk their talker tag title match this coming at Mania. Zane feels. Uh, he feels that WrestleMania is different this year. You know, Kevin Owens says. You know, three months ago, you know, he says. You know. Uh, you need a new shirt. You know, he talked about the honorary U shirt. You know, he said, three months ago, I said, when you wore that honorary U shirt, you need a new shirt. He's like, well, he's, and he gives him and he holds up a KO Mania shirt. He says, but it's, but it's only the back of the shirt. Because he said, listen, you're right. It is different this year. He says, you were, he's like, there was one person that took WWE by storm, and that was you, you know, meaning Sami Zayn. And he's like, listen, it's not about K- no, KO Mania. It's about what's on the front of the shirt. He tosses the shirt to Sami Zayn. And it says, and it says, Wrestle Zania. <laughs> Wrestle Zania's, uh, uh Las Vegas seems to be into it. Sami Zayn's throwing a, a party over the t-shirt. Um, yeah, again, just a little funny, I guess, little little segment there, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so Wrestle Zania, guys. That's what they're calling WrestleMania now is Wrestle Zania. Um, Teo and Sami Zayn, they hug it out once again. And then the Usos end up attacking from behind. The Usos super kick Owens. And they hit the 1D to Zayn as they retreat um, up the rampway as, as Owens end up bringing a steel chair into the ring. So pretty much kind of like a little hit and run from the Usos as SmackDown goes off the air. But yet for Michael Cole, the damage was done when they pretty much got up to their feet and they were already, they were already ready to brawl the Usos once again. So I don't know what damage uh, Michael Cole is even talking about, but I don't know. I'm just a podcaster, David. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so that is your show. Uh, SmackDown goes off the air. So, David, I'll have you start this off. Your thoughts on
1: this KO show segment? Uh, I was well, I enjoyed every single minute of it. Uh, the t shirt was funny. I think I'm gonna buy it, uh, once it's put <laughs> up on WWE shop.com. I think it was very, very well planned out. Uh, even with the Usos coming out at the end, they're kind of doing, like you said, the hit and run. I think it was well played out. Um, it, it, it's funny how it how everything has turned out um, a couple months. Uh, I think a month ago I was on the verge of having saying, saying that Roman should defeat the, to defend the title two nights and have Sami Zayn kind of take one off and have Cody take the other uh, because of the rumor that Roman was going on vacation after mania. Uh, and then I guess they're, you know, now that's changed and they're having kale and uh, Zane take the titles as we assume off of the Usos, uh, which is well-deserved. Uh, the crowd is into them. It's not like this is something that the crowd doesn't want. This, this is something that the crowd wants, and and the, the company's actually listening. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a very good match, a uh, very high intense matchup. Uh, the Usos never disappoint. I've never had an issue with the Usos, even when they uh switched to to heels and became the Day Ones. Never, I always like the Usos. Um, so I think it's going to be are a very the good best match.
0: tag team in, in the company or uh, of yeah. all time, yeah. honestly. They they are tremendous yeah. tag team. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I I am very interested into in seeing how this matchup is going to play, um, and I think this is this is what we wanted when it came to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, we've seen their friendship in NXT, then it kind of devoured with Kevin Owens kind of turning on Sami Zayn, and it never really it it, it kind of got together when they were heels in 2017. But then they kind of separated them again, and they never really got their due justice, in my opinion. This is it, because it's it's everybody's into it. they their 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 faces, um, and I think it's 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 only right considering the fact that Sammy had a momentum going and a momentum that I think nobody saw coming. But kind of like a Daniel Bryan momentum in a certain way, uh, except he's not in the main event. But you know they're 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 pushing it because. They see where this is going. I think it's I think it's perfect. I don't I don't, I don't have one complaint about it whatsoever. And it, it 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 was perfect at the end of the show on that to that type of uh, momentum. I think it was perfect.
0: Yeah, no, very, very well said. Absolutely. I mean, everything you said was pretty much spot on, especially when it comes to this whole storyline between the Usos, Ke- uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. The thing is, too, though, David, I don't know. There was just something about this segment. I was just I, I said this about the top of the show with mm-hmm. Cody. Something just felt like it was missing. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're about a week away from Mania. This is pretty much the last show. I mean, I know you have the go home show to Mania, but that show, I believe, is just going to be pre-taped. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, or, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be in L.A., so maybe it's not. I don't know. But I don't know. There was just something about this segment. I think that just could have been done more. It seemed like this bloodline storyline, at least in regards to SmackDown, seemed to be just put on the back burner. Because to me, honestly, David, and just and this is just my honest take. Dominic and Rey Mysterio is what stole the show in, in this yeah. show, honestly. And again, yeah, not yeah. saying that anything, guys, about this segment was bad. I just think that WWE just could have just done more. Um, you know, look. You had the KO show. You revealed the new shirt, which was nice. The Usos come in. They yeah. hit. Make a hit and run, and then that was it. So, and I'm thinking, okay, ah, uh, you just you could have done just a little bit more. That's just that's just all I'm saying. Um, it just seemed very too simplistic. Sometimes simplistic is always good enough, but in regard to the situation where you know this story, this story between all four of these individuals have so much momentum. It's just that, you know, you want to keep that going with like another Mm -hmm. really hot segment. And to me, again, this segment, I can take it or leave it. I'm just being honest. Um, Again, not that it was bad, not that it was not good. This entire Mm -hmm. storyline, even between all four of these individuals, has been done tremendously. I don't want to take anything away from that. I just believe that it just could there just could have been more. You know, especially now that we're a week away from Mania. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's freaking have some fun, man. Like, let's really mm-hmm. get creative. Like, we're a week away. We have one more week of storytelling left to do. Let's really kick things into high gear. Like, why stop now? We're only a week away. You know what I mean? That's what Indeed. I They kind of just put all their chips uh, or pretty much just took their bag and they they, they hit cruise control. And, they, and now they're just ready to just go to Los Angeles and, and have the, the WrestleMania show, night one and night two. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's just what it felt like <laughs> for me. At least in regards to the bloodline, both Cody Rhodes and this tag match, but but I, I don't know. Maybe I guess you know beggars can't be choosers. I guess in this situation, but still, um, I, I was expecting more. It sucks that there wasn't not as much in this segment, but again, nothing bad. But again, I can take it pretty much. Leave it honestly. To me, what stole the show was was no doubt Dominic okay. and Rey Mysterio, um, and no doubt um, I think it has piqued my intrigue. Um, going into that match Just of how well the build has been over the last two months But overall Smackdown mm, Not a bad show But it wasn't I'm not going to say it was good Because here's the thing too, David Because I don't want to lower my bar I always state that on this podcast too Like we've seen really good Smackdowns Like really good shows Comparing those to that I can't put that on not the right. same pedestal You know what I mean? I just I just <laughs> can't do it Again And again guys, it's not my opinion i just it's just my full honesty of just speaking the facts and speaking just just being real like i always do on this podcast or at least how i try to be so but that is your segment guys that or that is your show i should say this was smackdown uh march 24 2023 and before we get off the air it is time to reveal our top five wrestlers of the week so my man brian has sent me his top five Wrestlers of the week as well as honorable mention. So just to uh kind of clarify the rules as well as uh as David here. So every single superstar involved in this list is free game. So WWE, AEW, New Japan, TNA, Impact Wrestling, you name it, anybody is free game for this list, as well as honorable mention. So I will start off with Brian Thomas's list and then I will go into my list. I will try to make this short and sweet for everybody. So For honorable mentions for Brian Thomas, he has both – he has Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Edge, and Gunther as his honorable mentions for this week. Um, Definitely, of course, Rey and Dominic like we just talked about at the end of the show. Tremendous segment on SmackDown finalizing the match at Mania. Edge as well, that amazing vignette segment I thought that he put uh, calling out uh, Finn Balor to bring his demon to WrestleMania, just edge is being edge in that brew type of scene. So I definitely like that, uh, that honorable mention from Brian as well as Gunther, Gunther, of course Um, definitely. I know I talked about the realism of the situation to justify, you know, justifying the intercontinental championship situation, bringing the realism to the segment. So I could see where Brian is coming from with there in that honorable mention. So those are his honorable mentions for this week. And for number five on his list, he has Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is number five. Um, No doubt, Sami Zayn, he continues to uh, improve. Uh, He continues to do wonders in the storyline, especially with Kevin Owens uh, now being side by side as they are pretty much the hot thing going right now, as well as Kevin Owens as he is number four on Brian Thomas' (laughs) list. Same thing I mentioned with Sami Zayn. Um, They continue to kill it both together, the whole buildup as they've gotten to this point, the reunion and everything. So tremendous work as well from Kevin Owens, as he deserves his flowers. As as well, he has the Usos at number three. Usos are the number three on Brian Thomas's list. Um, no doubt, of course, as well, the Usos, like I mentioned, KO and Sami Zayn, they continue to build this tremendous story. Even though, like I mentioned from SmackDown, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming. I thought we could have done better, but I definitely hear where Brian Thomas is coming from, as uh, no doubt this segment, even in the KO show, was, was very, very well done. Um, as yeah, that build continues as we continue to harp on the fact that it should be pretty much the main event of night one. We talked about it too, David. It's pretty much not a not a d- debate anymore, honestly, in regards to the tag match and of course Rhea Ripley and, and uh Charlotte Flair, which is the original main event for night one. And number two for uh for Brian Thomas is Roman Reigns. Uh this <laughs> is a shocker from the uh the whole promo. On Monday Night Raw, and how so well done it was, and and uh, David, I I even said this on the on the Raw review, how just in one segment from Cody and, and Roman, instantly you're sold, just from that segment alone. I mean, and that's how good these two freaking guys are, and that's why Cody Rhodes being in this main event scene, like you were talking about, David, how it just needed to happen. I understand the Royal Rumble, I understand the way he booked, he was booked in that situation. I get it. But let's not harp on the fact that they the WWE did not make the right decision here, and they clearly did. And speaking of Cody, that is who Brian Thomas has at number one, and that is Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmares. He pretty much his his uh, his comeback and his promo on Monday was just as vicious, was just as brutal. You know, <clears throat> talking about how you know what's what's WrestleMania or what April third, the night after WrestleMania is going to be like for you when you have no family, you have no titles. You know, you have no tribe. You know, Paul Heyman just becomes an advocate again. The Usos and Solo are going to leave you. You know, what's going to happen, you know, when you don't have all of that anymore? And I freaking love that. Him calling out Solo Sokoa too in the process. So just tremendous job from Cody as he continues to be the top guy in this business. So that is Brian Thomas's list. At number five is Sami Zayn. Four is Kevin Owens. Three is the Usos. Two is Roman Reigns at number one. Is Cody Rhodes. And now it is time for my honorable mentions in my top five. So my honorable mentions for this week are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yes, they did not make the list, guys. I know. I can already hear people screaming at me, James, how can you put them off of the list, guys? Here's the thing. It's not that I thought Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens didn't do well this week. It's just that I think that there were people on this list that I have. That just did a lot more and just sold me more this week. So, but still, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn deserve that honorable mention as well as Edge, like I mentioned in his vignette, as and the Usos as well. So that entire tag team situation involving the uh, the Usos and KO uh, definitely deserves this praise. But for my honest critique, and I can hear and I can maybe see where Brian Thomas is coming from, and I'm sure he'll talk more about that once we get into Monday Night Raw in this final week of build into WrestleMania. But I just think that a lot more was done by others, uh, at least for this week. Because that's the thing about this list. This list, as well, you know, the list can be one week. You know, the very next week, it can be completely different. So, and I just want to just honor that uh, that whole you know perspective of the list as well. At number five for my list, David, you ready for this? Logan Paul. That's right. That's a, that's respectable. I'm doing that's it. That's guys. guys. That segment that he cut on impulsive tv that was probably the best i've ever heard logan paul guys i'm I'm just being truthful i understand well james you know who logan paul is you grew up watching youtube you're you're one of you know you're the younger generation like you know stop kissing but guys i i understand where you're coming from but go back and listen to this promo and the healed heat that logan paul gets he did everything Mm -hmm. so tremendously well and he deserves that praise again that's just that's not my personal feeling that's just a fact man and I and and I understand and I also mentioned this too David about I've never been that sold on this match between him and Seth. it just seems weird to me but I will say David the the last few segments I'm more intrigued about it now than I was back at the Royal Rumble I, I mean honestly you know and that's what and that and that's a good thing right so Logan Paul deserves his credit, Um, putting on a tremendous segment, pretty much carried that freaking – pretty much carried that segment as a whole. Again, the heel heat that he got, the delivery in his lines, everything was just done so well. And I I can't praise Logan Paul enough. He is honestly better off, David, I'm sure you can agree with this, as a heel because let's be honest, he's already naturally hated. No one likes him anyway. And he's embracing that, which I love that and it makes it makes the situation that more real and that much more I can get behind so and at number four, I have Dominic Mysterio um again, do I need to say anything less about this situation- I mean Dominic with the whole uh segment that he cut in the second hour like we mentioned, me and David talked about uh, how so well done it was and just. Again Dominic continues to improve with this whole Judgment Day character and he deserves his flowers and he deserves his praise as well as Rey Mysterio at number 3. Um Rey Mysterio and I and I also spoke this on the show as well how we're we're reminded how good Rey Mysterio actually can be in this company. I mean guys, he's going to be a hall of famer for 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 F's sake. You know what I'm saying? Now Rey Mysterio has never been the greatest talker. But I don't think he ever really needed that in his game. He already needed, he's already he's very charismatic. He has the fan, you know, the whole underdog story. So I never think he needed, even though that was a blunder in his game. I never 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 necessarily thought he needed. But now that he has it in this story, oh forget it, man. I, I mean, honestly, very well done from Ray and Dominic as Dominic is number four and Ray Mysterio is number three on this list. And at number two, this shouldn't come as a shocker to a lot of people, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, Roman Reigns is number 2 and it's and of course it involves that 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 amazing promo from Monday night uh, on Monday night Raw he's like he tells Cody like you didn't want to do the stardust thing so you ran away you 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 go to another promotion you couldn't get over in and you ran away it was just he just everything that Roman Reigns touches guys it just turns to gold it, it just does and every time he comes back and I know he takes time off I know this and that I understand that but every time this guy comes back, you remember how good this guy is, and he does that once again this week. And same goes for my next uh, next person on this list, which is number one, and that is Cody Rhodes. So I'm on the same boat as Brian for this week. Cody Rhodes was the guy in retaliation to Roman Reigns in that face to face to go to, to end Monday Night Raw this past week. Um, you know, I mentioned it in Brian Thomas's list. Just so well done. Um, but, uh, but David, he's just he's not the guy. He he he's he's just a mid card talent. He's just yeah. another legacy type of uh, you know uh, henchman. You know he he sucks. He's getting shoved down her throat. Cut the shit, people. Like I am so sick and tired. If you don't like Cody Rhodes, guys, that is one freaking <laughs> thing. But my God, can we just be truthful for for once and just give this this guy credit that this dude and his work has went up a notch tenfold. Ever since he started this American Nightmare character, like guys, like enough, like enough of this BS that I hear. Cody Rhodes, and I've said this, David, and I mentioned this even before I even had this podcast. Cody Rhodes, as soon as he came back, was the guy. He's the yeah. guy. He is now the guy, and mm-hmm. he should be the guy. And WWE has got it right. And even though we we we, we criticize WWE about getting things wrong. But in but in the, in regards to Cody Rhodes, they got it right. So at number five on my list is Logan Paul. Number four is Dominic Mysterio. Number three is Rey Mysterio. Number two is the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And number one is the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Ruthless Talk. This was episode number 35 covering SmackDown march 24 2023 uh david i want to once again thank you for joining me on this show it really means a lot to me i appreciate you taking the time to join me today uh once again guys i'm going to put down uh, his instagram or yeah his instagram and his twitter um up on our facebook group as well as our instagram uh make sure you guys go check him out he like i said he does tremendous content he covers baseball football basketball you name it he does it um, and he's been doing a tremendous job. So make sure you guys go check him out. And D- uh, David, once again, thank you for joining me, man. And uh, your final thoughts before we uh, before we end this.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, appreciate you having me. Like I said in the beginning, man, um, I'm always tuned in to your content. Uh, can't wait to see your reviews on WrestleMania the day after. Uh, I know Monday Night Raw is going to be crazy. You know, Monday Night Raw after Mania is always a a, a blast. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I, there's a lot of matches to look forward to. The Logan and Seth. uh that one I can't wait for. Obviously, Cena in theory and, uh, you know, finally Cody could, you know, being the guy to take the titles off of Roman. Uh, who knows? WWE might pull a, a fast one and have Roman retain. You, you never know, man. There's, there's, <laughs> you never know what events in this company do. They could go in a thing, completely
0: man. different direction.
1: Yeah, There's a whole, there's a whole thing. Uh, I, I, I like the unexpected. So if that's the way they're going to go, who knows? Just do, do it unexpectedly and make sure that you're doing it right. Don't do it to where it's obvious, like they've done in the past. Um, and I just can't wait, man. WrestleMania season's here. Like I said, uh, like um, I love the content that you guys do. I'm always tuned in to whatever you guys do. Uh, wish Brian was here, uh, but I'm like I said, I'm always tuned in. I would love to come back and join once again if you guys are are, are willing to have me. Um, Absolutely, I man. Appreciate you guys letting me talk and 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 letting me come up, man. I always enjoy y'all, so I thank y'all, man.
0: Absolutely, man. You are welcome back on this platform anytime. Absolutely. Thank you guys once again for tuning into this episode. Um, we are signing off. My name is James Forcelli alongside David Padilla, Top Bunk Sports. We are signing off saying salute. Peace out and
1: take care. Thank you.